Hi, and welcome to Driving Test Tales. I am Terry from the future, just dropping in before the show to give you a quick note that I did have to take some time away from the show. And while I was off, I had to think about the format and which way I wanted to take Driving Test Tales. And I've just restructured it a little bit. So whereas I started off doing it in seasons, it is now just going to be an ongoing series of episodes. It'll be more fluid, won't necessarily be every fortnight. I'm aiming to get at least one episode out a month. But that's why over the first six or seven episodes, you may see a slight discrepancy about me talking on the show, saying season two, when actually... There's no seeds now, it's just an ongoing thing. So thank you for choosing to listen, thank you for listening to this, and I hope you enjoy all the episodes going forward. Driving Test Tales with Terry Cook. Stories from real people on how they pass their driving test. So welcome to this always extra special edition of driving test tales it's a second episode and we are joined by one of my favorite students ever rihanna marshall how are you today rihanna yeah i'm good not too bad well thank you for joining us today uh i was particularly keen to get you on because um as i mentioned uh you are one of my favorite students ever and um i think you've got a very interesting story to tell but before we get into the the story of the background of your lessons i want to dive straight into the the fun bit and i want to speak about your driving test slash tests did you pass <laughs> first time rihanna i did not <laughs> oh, was it second time second time second time lucky so you passed second time. You took both your tests at Horsforth, didn't you? Yeah, it's same driving person. Was it? Was it the I... same examiner? Yeah. Do you not remember? I don't remember that. No, yes. it wouldn't be in the same examiner. That's same uh, examiner. Yep. I did have one student once who had the same examiner three times, and on the third test, I remember sitting in the test waiting room, and she went, "If I get that third one, I'm just going to walk out." And then he come down <laughs> and called name out, and you could see she just slumped into the chair. Um, that is literally how I felt when I saw him walking out. I'm like, no, no, this ain't going to go well. <laughs> but it did go well. It did, it did. Because they can't assess you second time on your first one. They have to assess you independently. And I actually think, I'm glad you've mentioned that, because it, like you said, it must be a bit off-putting knowing that the, the person that essentially failed you last time is now coming to pass you on this occasion. That must be a bit off-putting. Yeah, it you know, you just think that he remembers what you... Like, the first... I only had one major incident on my first test, obviously, when I nearly went into the side of that car. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but it just makes you think that that's what they're just going to remember you by. And I don't actually think he remembered me, to be fair. Or I, th- I can't remember. No, he didn't. I remember at the end of the test, I mentioned that he'd failed me and he, he didn't even remember, which which is good. But obviously, I can't base that driving test off the last one. Yeah, well, I mean, they might do sort of 30 tests a week or 30 plus yeah. tests a week. And if you have four to five weeks between lessons and you're looking at 150 tests between when uh, between your first and your second test. So uh, as memorable as you are, and as much as I remember <laughs> uh, a lot of our conversations, a lot of the times you shouted at me and, and told me off for stuff. Um, uh, yeah, they might not quite have that same memory. So you passed back in January 2020. Um, So I just want to speak a little bit about the test you didn't pass at first. You mentioned that you nearly crashed into a car. What happened there? Can you remember? It was literally probably within about the first five minutes. Um, It got me to 
go back round the round towards the end of the street and back round the roundabout back on myself, which completely blew me off straight away. Um, because I thought, well, that was just a bit of a pointless thing to do. Why did I not come out of the test centre and just turn right? And then next thing you knew, you were asking me to pull up. And I think I, it just got a bit overwhelmed. I pulled up as soon as he said pull up, rather than actually waiting for somewhere maybe a bit more suitable to pull up. And then obviously he does his usual right drive off. And as I was driving off, pulling out of where I'd parked, I started to turn my steering wheel a little bit too soon. Um, and obviously he put the brakes on, which is obviously failed there and then. But, you know, I carried on. <laughs> Spent the next hour in a driving test that I knew I'd failed. But hey-ho. But I think that's key because from I think you said this, but if you remember rightly, that was the only that sort of the serious yeah. one you got. You didn't get loads of them. Um nope. so how did it feel doing the rest of your test after those after that first incident five minutes in? Because you've been driving a good 30 minutes more after that. Yeah, I, f- I felt like I could have well and truly kicked myself um after it happened. You know, at first I was thinking it was slightly unfair because I remember having a conversation with you afterwards that you'd watched the dash cam footage and you'd thought it'd been maybe a little bit too hasty to put the brakes on. But probably looking back in hindsight, it were a good thing to be fair because I know now if I'm pulling out of somewhere, I'm way more cautious, making sure I'm not scratching another car. So it just it just made me want to kick myself. Um, but it is what it is. You get on with it. So long term, you would say that actually benefited you? Yeah, and it's just things like now, if I'm parked behind a car in the same situation, nine times out of ten, I probably won't, because I just remember that instant thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to end up scratching someone's car. No, I think that's a a really good way to look at it, because it's something I've said to people before, that what would you rather do? Would you rather the examiner put his foot on the brake during a test, or would you rather not make that mistake and have no examiner when you're about to reverse into a lamppost after your test? So it can be a bit of a wake-up call sometimes, so... I suppose that's a good thing that you can use it as a positive. But looking back now, do you think that driving around for 30 minutes after your test actually benefited you? I, th- I think it did, yeah, because obviously then I got a general feel of what it, the test would have been like. Obviously, when I failed, I was bang outside the test centre, so I could have given up there and then. Um, and I think I, I probably felt like I, I was going to give up, but I just carried on. But obviously then I kind of got a feel of what it would have been like for my next time round. Um, so then obviously coming into it again, it's a little bit, I was a little bit more calm. Because when you went to your first driving test, you haven't got a clue what's going to happen. So obviously by, by carrying on for the next half an hour, come the second time round, I was a bit more prepared. And the reason I ask that is because at the minute, because of um, the whole COVID situation, if someone fails a test, they actually end the test there. So where you'd committed your fault, it was pretty much outside the test and I want it. Yep. Bang so if you'd have done that now, if you'd have been on your test today and done that, then the examiner would have ended the test right there. So I'm intrigued from, from your perspective. Um, do you think that you would have rather had the test ended short and the examiner told you we're done this because of this? Or do you think it's better for the test to carry on? I, th- I knew, obviously, I knew there and then that I'd failed, obviously, by them putting the breaks on but I think it's a good thing that you carry on because like I say you just get a general feel you're not under the pressure that you need to pass anymore because you know you've already failed in that aspect of it it's just kind of just preparing you if you want to go again um so whereas now obviously if you get a fail and then it stops it straight away you can't you can't mentally prepare yourself for what's going to come on your next test 
Yeah. And speaking of your next test, uh, let's speak about the more positive one for a minute. Well, in fact, before we do, can you remember what you did between the first test and then your second one, the one you passed? Can you remember what you did to prepare for that, that second one? I think, like I said, I think I'd just been a lot more calm on the second one, second time round. Um, I remember I got used because obviously I was at work. I didn't tell anyone. Um, whereas the first test, I told everyone and I was convinced I'd jinxed myself from that point on. And only you and my manager knew that I was going for my driving test. No one else had a clue. Um, <laughs> so I didn't have that pressure of telling people I'd failed. Um so obviously I just rung everyone up telling them I'd pass and no one had any idea. But I think other than that, I didn't really prepare. Um, I obviously had you to drive because I didn't want to panic because it was rush hour. Yeah. Um, so obviously I got you to drive up there. But I think other than that, no. I think you've mentioned a couple of key things there, like not telling people. So I, I do think you did some key things to prepare. I think by not telling anyone, there's no pressure on you. No. And obviously this isn't right for everyone, but for you... The, the test that you told everyone, I can remember you, you being quite stressed that day, but the test you passed, you were less stressed. So yeah. do you think that made a difference, not having not having that in your head that, oh, God, everyone knows I'm taking my test? Oh, yeah, definitely. Even with my theory, because I failed my theory first time round, told everyone about that, went for my theory a second time, didn't tell a single person again other than you, and I passed it. And it's just that pressure of not having any, of having to tell anyone that you failed it. If you failed it, then no one's going to find out, you know? <laughs> Yeah, and you mentioned as well me driving you to test. Now, I'd forgotten that until you mentioned it, but that we didn't do that the first time, did we? But the second no. time, you got me to drive you there. Yeah. Um, do you think that helped? Do you think that – because I know we'd have driven around when we got there, so it wouldn't have been like you, we swapped around on day and you'd not been in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you think that that helped you, just enabled you to be a bit more relaxed on the day? Oh, oh yeah, definitely. Bear in mind, we were going at rush hour, um, and it just meant that, you, A, you're not driving for as long, um, you're not, you know, drive, when you're driving around, it takes it out of you, like it tires you out even driving around for an hour or so because you're concentrating 24-7. So I think that helps because you're not, your mind's not on everything. You know, we were just having a general talk, you know, about stuff. We were talking about the test. And I just think to, it helped. They, they want that pressure there um, of obviously having to drive up in the middle of rush hour. And it was just, it was just nice and it was just comfortable. There was no pressure whatsoever. The, the other thing I remember was between those two tests is we started putting you under a bit more pressure in different situations because I think we when we spoke about it we kind of said that it was it was the pressure that got to you because <laughs> once you got onto the test and settled down you found it being okay I can remember you coming back and being really positive about that on your first test that once you'd got those first 10 minutes out where you settled down um so I can remember putting you in some more pressure situations which you know I think I'm right we did some rush hour driving and we, we put you in some uh, some of the less pleasant areas of Bradford, if I remember correctly. <laughs> and I think the other thing we did, and we kind of will touch back on this sort of towards the early days of your last minute, but we took me out of the equation a lot. Mm-hmm. And there were times when I was just saying, I'm not going to help you. Yeah. And you've, you were previously, you'd always had me as like a safety net. And um, we'll come back to that in a minute, but just taking me out of the equation. And how much do you think that helped just putting you in those those pressure situations to begin with? Oh, it meant that I had no other option but to do it rather than rely on you. Obviously, you, you know, with the pedals and everything, um, it probably did help quite a bit. And even looking back now, 
driving when I start panicking now, you know, I just do the same thing as what I would have done 12, well, 18 months ago, just sort of talking myself through it. Um, it did help because it just meant that I had no one else to fall back on. And it, obviously then it comes up to when it's your driving test. You can't rely on your driving examiner to, to help you out. Or when you're driving around normally, you can't rely on anyone to help you out. It just gave you a bit more of a sense of real life driving to be, you know, rather compared to someone next to you who's helping you 24-7. Yeah, and I think that was a big thing because just touching back on on even before your first test, one sort of agreement we all would ask because you you did get quite panicky on lessons, especially in the earlier days, was that you would just shout help or yeah. you'd say something like that. And, and it was, you might be driving for 20 minutes and you'd be completely fine and there'd just be something that would spook you and you'd just say, Terry, I need help. Yeah. And all I'd do is I'd just talk to you for a minute, get you through that situation and then you'd be fine. Yeah. And it was when I... I don't think we ever took that completely away. I think that you stopped doing it, but I don't think I ever said to you, you're not allowed to. So then when, after your first test, when I said to you, you're not allowed to ask me for help, I think that was the switch and that was a big thing that clicked for you because all of a sudden your safety net had gone. Mm-hmm. And just going back to that, so when you first started, now I can remember you um, on our first lesson just essentially was telling me how scared you were of driving. Do you want to just talk to me a little bit about that? About when you've because I know I wasn't your first instructor either, was I? No, um, no, you're my fourth. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So you've had a few, you've been through a few of us. Um, can you just talk to me a little bit about your experience in sort of in the earlier days, uh, including with me, about how you found driving to begin with and what, what scared you about it? Um, going back to the very beginning, very first instructor, well, the first two, I thought I'd got it off to a T um didn't have any issues and I stopped I can't remember why I stopped right I stopped many lessons but anyway I stopped and then I started them again and I had this one instructor who sort of lost his patience with me very quickly um I stalled once up by Alhambra um down in town and he lost his patience very quickly and I think from that point it kind of I lost confidence completely lost confidence he had me driving around the back streets of Bradford learning how to turn around a corner it took me back that one lesson an hour an hour or two hours of driving completely took me back um lost all confidence just in myself um, and I remember messaging you saying you know I've gone through four instructors I don't have much confidence anymore um and I don't even remember it coming back obviously driving with you know doing lessons and stuff it kind of it just kind of came back on its own and it, at one point I think one lesson it kind of just all clicked and there are a while we're driving a car again and I'm feeling confident all over again. Yeah, I think that's, again, another really good point you make, how you can lose confidence really, really quickly. So like you said, it was that one lesson and, and whatever the reason was, whether it was the instructor or the situation or whatever, that one lesson just completely shook you and it affected you for a long time. But confidence doesn't come back overnight. It it took Mm -hmm. a long time for you driving for you to get your confidence back. And I think that's that's, uh, sort of a really interesting point. And the other thing I want to touch on uh, just before I move away from that is, like you said, I was your fourth instructor. I think it's key for people to realise that they don't have to stick with their first instructor. So if you were to come to me and you had your first lesson with me and you decided that Terry is a bit of an imbecile, um, I don't want to work with him anymore, then that's fine. 
go somewhere else. I wouldn't take offence at that. It's like I wouldn't be right for everyone. I know that. So I'd like to hear your thoughts on that, as in, because I know maybe I'll rephrase that question slightly. I'd like to know your opinion on people feeling like maybe have to stick to their first instructor. Or would you advise people to, you know, try a few different ones? Or would it be a case of just go until you find one you like? I think it's, I obviously, I gave up my first two because they didn't make me feel comfortable. And you're going to be sat in a car with somebody for an hour, two hours, you know, at least once a week. You've got to be, you've got to learn with someone who makes you feel comfortable. You know, don't put any pressure on. And I even remember in one of your lessons, I think it was very first ones, and you said, you know, if we don't get along, you know, and you don't feel that you're right for me and vice versa, then obviously go find someone else. And it's nice to not have that pressure. My first driving instructor I cancelled with him and he sort of put the pressure on for me to go back to him. It was obviously, I know you're running a business kind of thing, but, you know, when an instructor's more bothered about money than teaching the pupil, it, it, don't, it just don't feel right. So if an instructor isn't right for you, then they're not right and just carry on looking, you know, you're my fourth because the other three weren't, weren't right and I didn't like it. Yeah, and that, that's not necessarily slight on those instructors. It's just like you said, they weren't right for you. Mm-hmm. And I think that... Um, that's key. Well, the one thing, I'll be honest, I've always struggled with is to tell people, like you said, if I'm not right for you, look elsewhere, because it always feels like I can tell them to, you know, bugger off. But <laughs> it's, it's a struggle to phrase. But, but yeah, I think I would agree with what you've said there. Just with the, the idea of, of being scared again, being scared on the road. Uh, I was kind of saying before about, about how when we were driving, if you came to a specific thing that you felt uncomfortable, you would ask for help. The thing with you, there was never one particular thing, was there, that made you nervous? It, it was random things. Mm-hmm. What what can you remember of looking back now? What sort of what do you think it was that brought out that fear? Was it other drivers? Was it specific situations or it's I get these silly scenarios in my head. It's like now, even now. 18 months down the line, I get panicked at driving up Emma Lane. <laughs> it literally just comes out of nowhere. I think of the most ridiculous scenarios, like my car rolling back or just something silly, and it just panics me. I just think of all sorts of scenarios of what could go wrong, and then that's it. I just start panicking, and it, that's it. And it you know, gets in my head, and the next thing you know, my Fitbit's. <laughs> my heartbeat's racing and my Fitbit's going. It's just, it's just me. It's just what I do. I just come up with silly things in my head that's going to happen. Chances are it's never going to happen. And that's it. That's me panicked. Well, it shouldn't happen because you're capable of driving. And I think that's the big thing. It's it's accepting that. And, and you mentioned before about um, getting on with your instructor and having trust with your instructor and having that a bond there. It's, it's trusting that your instructor is going to look after you. So like you've mentioned, going uphill and and worrying about the car rolling back. I think that the more we work together, the more you accepted that, right, well, if it does roll back, A, Terry will catch it. If I, you know, if you didn't, um, and B, I'm not going to shout at you. All that will happen is we'll pull over and then we'll go and try again uh, and and keep going until we get it right. And I think that was the key. You know, everyone's different, but you would always come to your lesson not necessarily with a plan for the lesson, but with an idea of what you wanted to work on. And during the lesson, you were never afraid to say, this is, I'm struggling with this. Can we go and practice this? How do you think that benefits you on lessons? 
it just meant that I think I had a little bit more control of the lessons, you know, rather than you, you saying we're doing ABC and I'm thinking, well, I, I feel I feel fairly, fairly confident and then maybe I need to look at something else. It sort of gave me that leeway of saying, hold on a minute, I don't want to do that. I feel like I need to focus on this a little bit more. And you feel like being in control of those lessons actually helped you learn better than just being told what to do? Oh, yeah, because you could point it in the direction where you felt it needed to go. Um, you know, if I, need, if, I came, if I came to you and said, you know, I want to do this, then obviously it was just something that I felt like I needed to improve on a little bit. Even if you didn't think that I needed to, at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's, it was my lessons and that's what I felt like I needed to improve on. Yeah, and I think that's key because um, I always use the example of if if you're doing amazing world left turns and I say, right, we'll go do right turns, you might be doing well left turns, but inside you might be dying. You know, you might mm-hmm. still be scared and petrified. So there's no point moving on to the next thing if you're still still panicking over that. So I think that's um, uh, another good example you've thrown there. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask was around the the test itself now again i know that we change the preparation slightly for the second test as opposed to the first but what would you advise people to do if you were giving them tips around the driving test what would you advise them to do in preparation for a driving test i think it's just keep a, a calm and cool head um i don't i don't really have any specific tips because i don't remember like i said I, Personally, I don't remember preparing myself fully. Um, you know, even when we did like two like mini kind of tests, you know, it there's just nothing that you can re- I could really say to anyone other than just make sure you just keep calm and you don't put pressure on yourself to pass the first or second time. It's just a case of just take it at your pace. And if you if you get a test booked and you don't feel confident for the test, then change it. You know, when after I failed that first test, and I was looking, I was looking twenty four seven to get a sooner test. But probably looking back in hindsight, it's a good thing that I passed on the specific date that I got, because I, I probably wouldn't have been ready to go again. Yeah, I mean, I as you're talking there, I'm having flashbacks to our lessons because you're doing something you used to on lessons, which is, I would ask you a question. You would tell me you didn't know the answer, and then you would proceed to tell me the answer. And that's what you've just done there. You've just said you've no tips, but you've just gave some really good tips on how people can actually prepare for the test, taking the pressure off, um, not being afraid to move your test if you're not ready. So I think that there's some some sort of wise words there anyway. The other thing I wanted to, to mention to you was um, your sort of, we did a lot of our driving initially over in Formbury. Um, but for people that, know, that don't know the area, Formbury is a part of Bradford, um, and you took your test in Horsworth, which is in Leeds. Yep. Did you think that affected you? Because we did the bulk of our driving in, in Formbury, but I know we did some in Horsworth pre-test before your test, but do you think that affected you massively, or do you think it benefited you driving in different areas? Because they're two massively different areas. Oh, it helped massively. Even after the test, I'd even today I drove up the same area where my test was and it's just getting used to different areas you know not driving in Thornbury is a whole lot different to driving in you know Horsforth um just different standards of driving um and it just sort of driving somewhere new you know you didn't have the Bradford 
road pressures, as bad as it sounds, you know. You, you get idiot drivers everywhere. It just didn't feel as pressurised as driving in Bradford. But then it meant that, obviously, now after my test, I don't feel like I'm I'm sort of not necessarily confined to Bradford streets, but I've got probably a bit more knowledge of driving in other parts of Leeds, which obviously, again, helps your confidence when you're driving in unknown areas. You get just a bit more of an idea. Yeah, definitely. You, you were prepared to go and drive anywhere rather than just around test routes. And yep. that was one of the most pleasing things from you. Going right back to that first lesson of how, how scared you were to drive and how sort of fearful you were of holding other drivers up and, and, and stuff like that. To for quite a while after you t- passed your test, I'd get random texts from you just saying, I've just driven here today. I think the, the first big one you texted was, was it York Outlet? Um, York or Blackpool. Um, yeah. Yeah. How did you find driving there for the first time? I mean, not necessarily how was a drive, but the, the feeling of just being able to get in your car and just drive to York. Oh, it were amazing. Obviously, I just passed, what, January 2020, um, and I, I got my first car, and I texted you saying, I can't drive this car. So I got rid of it within about space of two weeks <laughs> and went and got another one. Um, and it's just that freedom of being able to go anywhere. Obviously, then March 2020 came, everything got shut down, so I couldn't go anywhere. And then, like I say, we went, I think we went to Blackpool first. And it's just that freedom of being able to drive anywhere you want. And it's just that it's just that absolute freedom. Don't get me wrong, driving on the M62 on a Friday afternoon still scares the <laughs> hell out of me. <laughs> Biggest mistake ever to do. But it's just that freedom of being able to go anywhere. You're not confined to public transport or relying on trains or anything. You know, you can just get in a car and just go. Yeah. Um, and just sort of wrapping up that bit, I just want to say that that uh, as, as proud of all my students, but you are definitely one of the people I'm most proud of. Looking at the journey you went on from from day one to to passing your test and seeing all the the progress you've made and, and the ups and downs and the, the times you've been petrified and the times you haven't. And those text messages you sent me for the the first few months after you passed your test were, it, I'm being honest, that's what makes me a driving instructor worthwhile. Oh, two or three months or a year later, I'll just get a random message from me saying, I've just been here. That That's what makes it all worthwhile. And I learn something from all of my students. Um, I always get a takeaway. And I think one of the big ones I got from you was I needed to listen to my students more because you are someone, um, I'm trying to be careful how I phrase this one, <laughs> who's not afraid to say what they think. And if I'm saying a certain thing, you'll just shut me up and and tell me what, <laughs> tell me your opinion. And because of that, you would shut me down at times, and it, it made me reflect on me a little bit, and made me realise I sometimes I need to pay a bit more attention to what you guys are actually saying because you, rather than imposing my own ideas on you. And I don't think I was ever particularly bad at that, but something I needed to improve on. So yeah. That was definitely my big takeaway from you. So, so thank you for that one, Rhiannon. And I did joke before about shouting at me on the lesson, but you did. <laughs> you just shout at me all the time. Um, but in a fun way, you know, not in a, a cruel Well, I think it was fun. Maybe you were being more mean than I thought. <laughs> um, but I, like you said, I think that's key that you actually get on or, or have a, a decent relationship with your student uh, or your instructor. And on that note, I'm going to throw this over to you. Um, is there, do you have any tips around anything, whether it's the theory or the lessons themselves or handling your instructor or the driving test or, or after the test, any tips or advice that you would leave 
people with now that will listen to this show? In regards to theory, don't just practice the theory questions. That was the biggest mistake I made the first time around. I didn't look at the theory behind the actual questions. Um, and that was where I fell down because I had no idea when the question was rephrased on the actual test, what on earth it were asking. Because <laughs> I'd literally, I'd, I'd, I'd just focused on the answers to specific questions. It's more, you know, the detail as to why the answer is what it is. It's just probably look at the theory behind behind the questions. Um, and then just in terms of your driving lessons, just find someone you feel comfort, comfortable with. Don't, you know, put yourself under any pressure to test with, to pass your test um, and just, just go with the flow. Wise words, uh, especially on the theory. That's music to, my, music to my ears, is that? Don't just practice the theory questions. That's my pet hate. So, uh, yeah, you've uh, you've gone up in my estimation even more than with that one, Rihanna. <laughs> uh, um, no, I, I, I sit and I tell Becca now to sit and do the, you know, the, the reasons behind it and not just the questions, but... Yeah, it makes sense. Even looking back in hindsight, you think, oh, yeah, maybe I should have done that because driving around now, I'll know a whole lot more than what I did just reading, just working out the answers and just, yeah. Brilliant. Um, on that note, uh, I am going to wrap up and I want to take a minute again to, to thank you for giving me your time today. I'm sure that anyone that has uh, listened into this episode can definitely take some insight, mainly around the, um, the idea of, of not being afraid to move your dry and test if you need to, around the idea of making sure you've got the right instructor. And that big one for me is don't just practice the theory test questions, actually learn it because it actually helps you on the road as well. So yeah, thank you very much for joining us today, Rihanna. It's been very much appreciated. Thank you. Driving Test Tales with Terry Cook. Stories from real people on how they pass their driving test. What's it called? Driving Test Tales, right? <laughs> so, you're laughing. It's the third podcast I've done today. I don't know what they're all called. Oh. <laughs>